Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Betches Media presents... Chrissy Teigen referred to Donald Trump as a pussy-ass bitch. Look, he's a sick puppy. He, he, shouldn't, be, he shouldn't be there. Well, I lost half a day of skiing. I'm going to punch him out and I'm going to go to jail. I'm going to be happy. The Betches Sub Podcast. A speaker has not been elected. Hello, this is the Badger Sub Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. I'm Amanda Duberman, the news director at Betches. And I'm Millie Tamaris, comedian and sub-video contributor. And today we are joined by Samantha B. She is the host of the podcast Choice Words, and recent guests have included Greta Gerwig, Bob the Drag Queen, and Michigan Governor Gretchen Whitmer, all people we stand and adore. She's so, also, many so many icons. So many icons. I mean, the, the, the feed is stacked. We'll get all into it. Samantha B is also preparing to go on tour with her one-woman show, Your Favorite Woman. Thank you so much for joining us. We are we got to talk to you for a minute, and we are just thrilled you have not gone spontaneously mute in solidarity with Mitch McConnell. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is of a delight. Yeah, we're so excited. We're huge fans. Thank you and, so um, much. Yeah. You guys are great. Yeah, we're uh, thrilled to talk about the podcast, some politics, some womanhood, all, all, sure. all the All all things the that we touch regularly. All of the things. We'll yes. do it all. We touch it all. And also, we want to hear which mascot you find sexually attractive. <laughs> no, <I'm kidding. laughs> we have had that conversation yeah. on this podcast. We, sexually you know, attractive yeah. mascots. Think I'm, about it. Be, uh, Jolly Green Giant's a popular one. Uh, Gritty isn't the number one. <laughs> wow. Just an absolute that's a first one. psychopath. Why did we even start talking one. about that, Millie? Oh, it was when Tucker Carlson <laughs> was um, obsessed oh, with the talking green about M&M. the green M&M um, is um, not hot anymore. So right. we're like, okay, well, let's talk about hot male mascots. <laughs> and that's when I got called out for all of my exes looking like the snap, crackle, and pop. Uh, characters oh, they do oh, she likes a life european type yeah i mean uh, oh, a little, like whatever. just a little sock hat like a little yes. striped well, sock the as a hat. checker like a neckerchief sure. kind yep. of situation you yep. can find yep. that in bushwick millie yeah i know that's why i live here <laughs> snap crackle and bob are really hard workers and i, I appreciate them yes. and they're pro labor they're not they dividing they're not scabbing nope. absolutely not absolutely nope. not they they have not promoted a single show since listen since anything. <laughs> Listen, okay, they're not crossing picket lines. No uh, cough, way. cough, Stephen Amell. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to get straight into our interview discussion. Then if there's time, we'll talk about some news headlines as well. But uh, I am such a fan of your podcast and you frequently oh, reference thanks. when you used to immediately begin doom scrolling the news at 5 a.m. Oh, do yeah. you still do that? What's your news diet mm-hmm. now and kind of your relationship to like the ambient endless chaos it's now? A, it is different. It is different now. But I actually think that I was that person before I got into like quote unquote political comedy. I mean, there was no social media. It was like very different, but I was a huge consumer of news. So now it's just a little more direct action, like much more disruptive Mm -hmm. to the like stress hormones in the body. But I still, you know, that's never going to change. I always... I'm like such a radio kid, like such mm. an audio person. Actually, mm-hmm. I just start ingesting NPR 
yeah. from the moment I wake up. You do up first. <laughs> you do morning edition. I do morning edition. I'm like All just like it. morning the edition. <laughs> Whatever's happening, I turn it on immediately, and it just starts going in through osmosis. And I'm then, like you. After you, my second most exciting guest was Ari Shapiro on our podcast. Oh, I hear. I feel that so completely. Our king. Our king. Yeah. I'm I feel like, like Sam. How have you done? Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Like I feel like there's a straw. Yeah. I feel do, like do. there's pain there. We don't have to deep go in. There. It's fine. I'm just they saying don't it's a want me. I oh, don't know. No, I did. I did as a. I did guest on it one. I was like like an interview subject. It was deep pandemic though. It was like oh. everybody was trying to figure out their process mm. and not like it, it was. It was totally fine, but they shouldn't have me have more because I do. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm just saying that's a hundred percent up your alley. I was oh, yeah. famously a writer in residence for a few weeks. So, <gasps> and by famously, I mean no one knows that. But I'm just saying. Um, <laughs> it's in your bio. It's in my. It's in my bio. It's in my bio. Um, but I'm just saying that's just such a seamless. Oh, thing. totally. Yeah. Yes. What a what an amazing machine and something that I'm so dedicated to. Like my family hates it. They're like, can you please? Like they're like, how many times, because if you really listen to Morning Edition or something like that, like 5.45 in the morning, you're hearing the same story yes. like, <laughs> probably three or four times throughout the news. And I'm just like yes. perfectly happy to listen to them two or three times. I don't, I don't care at all. Well, you want to hear the, the different paper. spin. Yeah. A different spin, just like a different, it hits you. Update. You've had a coffee. Now it's like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm paying attention to the, like I need to, you mm-hmm. know, I'm mm-hmm. Yeah, I relate to that totally. Very curious. What are your thoughts on the media, the media's coverage of 2024 so far? It's so bad. So bad. Right? Yeah. It's so incredibly bad, but it, it's bad every time. Like, yeah. has it, it's, it's always very bad. Yeah. Yeah. They've never really nailed it. And of course, like chasing, you know, chasing likes and chasing, <sighs> chasing headlines. It's just like it's been the tale as old as time. I just think the stakes keep rising mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and the situation and the context keeps changing like in horrible in much in worse and worse ways like it's really i don't know i'm sure you experience this too but it is really it's so boring to have to keep saying like this is the most consequential election of all time yeah. but like it, it is and knowing we'll no. say that next time too yeah we're definitely gonna say that we're gonna be saying it like from now until the end of next year and then mm-hmm. <laughs> Can, can you imagine those that like, hey, you know what? This election's not going to matter at all. You can stay home. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what Republicans basically do every yeah. year. Every day everyone. they're like, why don't you sit this one out? I think the voting's on Thursday this year. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Don't even think about that, it. You know, we'll even change the laws to make it harder to make you just have a cop out. Like, oh, I just can't go. I just can't I just, go because I might need water while I'm, I'm in line. <laughs> Can we give you a ride to the election, but it's actually an amusement park? <laughs> totally. <laughs> there is something to like not. I mean, this is a terrible. It's a terrible thing to say on a news based show. But I am actually pretty glad sometimes that we don't have to cover it. And I mm-hmm. often am in contact with like writers and head yeah. writers were like, aren't you so happy that we don't have to do this? And they're like, yes, I'm working on a half hour comedy, like pre-strike. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it is a little refreshing to just be able to like experience it as a citizen of mm-hmm. that's filled with like head to toe shame and horror. 
Yeah, I will say the mm-hmm. creativity on our end did feel kind of exhausted by the third Trump indictment. Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. But then the 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 mugshot brought us all back because yeah, the mugshot. Mug so and you know, like, you know, there is something. There's a huge loss to not really being able to like dig in on mm-hmm. RFK Jr. Mm-hmm. That's where I really feel. Critical. Yeah, you've mentioned this on the podcast. Why are you so particularly I alarmed? I mean, I think I know, but um, it sounds like a pet fury of yours. And it's I'd a pet fury. <laughs> it's a pet fury because he's terrible. He's terrible. He's so dangerous. He's so and married to Cheryl Hines. It's so confusing. I yeah, don't know. But I, you know, people are farting. People are going. <laughs> oh, the fart at his at his yeah, fundraiser. Yeah, the two farts. The two oh, farts the fu- at his. Fu- at that's his what fundraiser. I'm talking about. That's yeah, right. That's, um, that's right. I'm not just saying people. Are, yes. <laughs> no, sometimes people fart, guys. <laughs> that, but that was an enjoyable. Like when you're doom scrolling the news and you no. doom scroll a story about. Like a fart battle <laughs> a at RFK Jr.'s uh, fundraiser. That's pleasurable. Yeah. It's not always bad news. That's what <laughs> that's I'm what's saying. That's what makes the hours of in, in, ingesting NPR worth it from time to time is when yes. you hear somebody, some rich guy farted and then announced yes. it. But yeah, and he's, another one yes. is, yeah. Do you there, think that Democrats are taking him seriously enough? Well, you know what? I actually did this. I did, um, like, a, it was like a... a a speaking thing, like I was, it was like a fundraiser for actually a Canadian um, uh, public public news channel. Well, treason. Yeah, it was treason. <laughs> Definitely was treason. And um, there was a huge crowd, all just like really nice people you would like relate to, really mm-hmm. good crowd. Mm-hmm. And his name came up and people cheered for him. They cheered for wow. him. And it was not, yeah. they were not like, ha ha ha, isn't he funny? They were like, he's great. Mm-hmm. And I really do it. I don't know. It's a, it's a literal bee in my bonnet that people mm-hmm. just like invest so much belief that if you're rich and you have a legacy name that you're somehow smart or yeah. just that the shit that comes out of your mouth is meaningful. It's not. Like yeah. We just have to like, can people cannot like separate themselves from the notion that you could be like a rich person billionaire and not have any good ideas and be an idiot and Mm -hmm. a very bad person. Elon Musk is really doing the work to disrupt that notion though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we got to hand it to him. And I mean, you know, we talk about on this podcast all the time about how, um, that is in line with the, the, I, I say propaganda, but like the thing that like, Poor people are lazy and bad and dumb and Mm -hmm. rich people are smart, hardworking and intelligent. Yeah. You know what I mean? I I repeat myself. Like they couldn't be where they are if they weren't, you know, if these words coming out of their mouths weren't like genius droplets and it's like, no, like Vivek Ramaswamy, like swindled investors. Yeah. Yeah. He he like made like one good medication. It's crazy. (laughs) It's crazy. The things he's saying don't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-carbon agenda. You don't think he's going to, you don't think laying off 75% of all government workers is a good idea, Sam B? I don't know. Controversial. I'm going (laughs) to, I'm going to rethink my position on that because that does seem just great. I I don't want anything. Just a little bit. Yeah. I don't want anything to run smoothly and I don't want people to have the things that they need and deserve. And that you may, maybe you should run. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, That's I'm, my platform. I'm hearing, uh, some, uh, <laughs> it seems to work. Okay. Um, yeah. So Sam, 
you recently mentioned on an episode of Choice Words Mm -hmm. that late night shows can apply a critical filter to political news that mainstream media often misses. How do you think the writer strike is impacting news coverage or how we process political events? Well, I miss it. Like I, of course, I yes, my own show for multiple multiple reasons, but like every week, you know, there there is something to. there really is something to like access, you know, there's just access journalism and like mm. late night shows are immune to that because mm-hmm. we never have access to anybody. Nobody would ever actually that's, I mean, that's changed a little bit. They've just sort of mainstreamed in a different way, but it used to sort of be that like no one with any authority would really talk to you anyway. And it wasn't like you weren't going to like lose your white house press mm-hmm. pass mm-hmm. if you said some crazy shit and so there was a loophole for late night shows to say whatever they wanted to say and process things differently. And I do think, you know, it's it's missed. It's certainly the strike is terrible, and it's uh, it's hard not to hear that kind of like analysis, even just yeah. comedically. Yeah. And like you said, the media has not done an amazing job handling this election cycle, specifically Trump. And you just think, you know, throughout these indictments and every time he does something, they still get such breathless coverage, but not necessarily with the like. And let's also acknowledge that this coverage does not equal, um, you know, it does not mean that he is worth paying it. You know, I feel like we we have missed kind of the how people process events and kind of come down to earth. And this is what this means. Like, I just feel like too what comedy allows, you know, in, in a late night segment, mm-hmm. it's like what these guys are saying, but then also really, really analyzing and debunking. And mm-hmm. in a way, like, even though it's kind of like comedy news and it's not, you know, quote unquote, like legitimate journalism, like because journalists are so scared of they getting their passes, whatever, it's like people are like, actually, this is not reality. And also let's fact check this and yes. compare this to the facts and whatever. So like, I feel like that is missing a lot too, you know, it's like how we're going to get a deep dive into what Biden says, what Trump says, what Ron DeSantis, you know, how it's hypocritical with something they said three years ago, you know? Yes. And it is something, there is something lost too in like just being a beacon of sanity that like goes beyond international borders. Mm -hmm. Like you kind of want people in (laughs) other countries to like, look at a YouTube segment and go, oh yeah, right. Like it's not, <laughs> yeah, no, there's no, a normal right. voice out there. Mm-hmm. Somebody thinks this is also terrible. No, it's so true. I, you know, I met people like I grew up in Florida, you know, I live in New York, grew up in Florida, but like when I meet people from out of the country, they're like, so how does Florida feel about Ron DeSantis? <laughs> and it's like, oh, right. No, when they ask me that and I'm yeah. like, well, but it's also like, yeah, like, cause people think that this, this guy who cheated five years ago, alleged whatever, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But is representative of the entire United States yes, and not like of, the reality of like just a portion of the people who showed up that day. You just want them to also know that people are, are making fun of these people and they don't agree. Yes. Like be yes. aware of the divide. Like yes. half the people have it together sort of. Mm-hmm. Totally. 
I was really excited to hear yesterday that the late night hosts are doing a podcast about the writer strike, but I did find all of the oh. pictures, all of the co- composite pictures of five white men to be a little like conspicuous. Oh. Like I did I, not know. I didn't know they were doing that. That's good though. That's right. Nice. Right. They're going to give the money to, okay. to their, to their writers. But I just found all of the coverage. Like it's really just five white guys, sure. but you know, it's not just comedy. We find that even in the political commentary space, it's pretty male dominated. Mm-hmm. Men seem to have an easier time, like growing an audience getting fans, monetizing their thoughts on politics. If this is sounding personal to me and Millie too, that's because it is, as you probably know, you know, being yeah. a woman in this space, you are, you're working really hard and people have strong opinions on the work that you do. Mm-hmm. This is a very kind of straightforward question, but like, do you think people like listening to women talk frankly about <laughs> politics? <laughs> like, do they want to hear us talk about it? <laughs> I, I do think yeah. so. I, I do. I really do. I don't know. Like, you know, I'm. I feel like I'm. I'm going and doing this one woman show, yeah. kind of in a bunch of cities, and I just sort of in my imagination, I thought that it would be there would just be like a lot more women in the audience mm. than men. Like I, I just sort of, hmm. it, it was like an imagined version of reality, but it's just like really down the line. Like if I just yeah. don't. Just not sure that the opportunities and the promotion mm. is there in the same mm. way. I'm not sure that the I don't feel like the structure is there. Mm. But the appetite is the I think the appetite yeah. is there. The appetite almost feels neutral to me. Mm-hmm. The appetite is there mm. for quality content. Yeah. Like the appetite yeah. is always there for quality content, but you have to put a lot of money and energy into lifting people's voices and putting them in your feed. Yeah. And that is something that like is these giant companies are just like so fucking totally unwilling to do or like they tried it once and it kind of didn't work the way they thought mm-hmm. it was going to work. Mm-hmm. So they'll never try it again. Mm-hmm. Like I found it so – it was disheartening to me like when the Barbie movie just like exploded on the scene and yeah, yeah. everyone was like, that's so shocking. <laughs> I can't believe how well this half, movie half has people done. like the movie like, about their lives. Like, yeah. It's not whether you like Barbie or fucking Barbie. or yeah. like whether you like it or you don't. Like who cares? Does that's doesn't matter. What it it's just mm-hmm. that it was shocking to like studio heads. Like everything is so surprising mm-hmm. when a when a woman focused thing does well or a female director or whatever. Everyone's like. <gasps> Still, let's yeah. rank it. <laughs> right, put it on a list and never repeat this mistake again. Or like, do it one more time, and then if it doesn't work, we'll just close that chapter forever. It like, is totally illogical that like like women are half of the people, I mean, half the people. Of course, movies <laughs> that speak to us are going to do well. Well, There's... for so long, it's always been like we're going to market and target everything to mm-hmm. men, and their wives and girlfriends might like it too. Yeah. Like oh. instead of yes. like. Yeah. We're going to make things for everybody and everyone's going to enjoy, you know, or whatever. Everyone's going to enjoy it or you're going to find your audience, but you can't find an audience without support. Like that's got it. Yeah. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Someone really has to believe in it Mm -hmm. to put it in front of your face. And they do not do that with the gusto that one would hope. Also, I just have to say, Amanda, like earlier you were like, oh, all the podcast hosts are like five white guys. And I just like found offense because like 
there are two Jimmys, you know? So <laughs> two Jimmys, there's two a John. Jimmys. There's really good representation of Jimmys. There's a good, yeah. And there's, oh, just one John in this East one. Coast yeah. Jimmy and West Coast Jimmy, Amanda. Uh-huh. Everyone's represented. That's Absolutely. diversity. You're right. You're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. It's no problem. I, there, I do tell, I do tell this story. It happened a long time ago, but like I was trying to pitch a show for myself for sure in the news space. And uh, the feedback across the board was like, why would we do another political show? We have one. We already have one. Mm -hmm. And I think that that, like, if you extrapolate, that's still sort of the mentality in a lot, across a lot of the industry. Like, well, we have one. Let's, let's, we did it. So it's a solved problem. (laughs) Now it's fine. Yeah. And it's like. MSNBC is running 24 hours a day. So is Foxes. They're all saying the same kooky shit. Like for sex out. I mean, talk about repeating themselves. Oh. Um, you know, and then yeah. people are tuned in to the same shit every day. I mean, tuned again, in. you're like NPR, Miss NPR, and you're listening. All, there's no yeah. limit to news. No, they will sit there and just chug that shit like all day long. Like it's just on. Yeah, I mean, people will watch men play video games all day long. That oh, is yeah. all true. day long, all day long, and watch- probably women too. Like you said, I watch. <laughs> listen, I had I know nothing about video games, but TikToks where women are like beating men at like Call of Duty. I love it. So it's like, yeah, <laughs> like I could do an extra half hour of a female news anchor, whatever. Um, really quickly. I'm curious to hear, Sam, do you think our first female president will be a Republican or a Democrat? Well, that's a scary question. (laughs) I remember so long ago I said that, unfortunately, I felt that Ivanka Trump would be the first female president. And (laughs) people's heads exploded. And like, and I know that she was thinking that, or mm-hmm. I think that I know that that's what she believed as well. Um, now she's going to jail. That, <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I feel like that's like fallen away a little bit or a conversation around that has definitely fallen away, but it could, it could, it could definitely be. Although I love, I do love, uh, I do love big, Gretchen. Oh, yes, that interview was awesome. She's, she's great. She's I hope great. she's angling for it, even though she's like very dedicated it's to her old. job in Michigan. But, I know. And yeah. no one can ever say anything. Exactly. And like, who, you know, I can't even like ask. It's like, even my as a podcast host, everyone's like, don't even ask. I'm like, <laughs> oh my God. Okay. No. Yeah, definitely. Can I just think it? Like, <laughs> no, no. All right. Don't even bother thinking yeah. it. It's not happening yeah. now. Anyway, well, we, that's yeah, we talk sure. we talk a lot on this podcast about how, you know, like sometimes Democrats apply really hard standards to their candidates, and that's important. And as we know, standards yeah. for Republicans are very low. Subs, very, very low. Are there standards? So, yeah. So my PM <laughs> no, keeps Santos me up at night. Santos is still running. <laughs> Santos is still doing his thing. Doing his George thing. Santos. And that's what I'm saying. Re- Democrats are recusing themselves from yeah. every little which way left and right. And right. we got George Santos and Matt Gates walking around like nothing happened. Like mm-hmm. nothing ever happened. Don't you just stop sometimes in your day and go, Oh, George Santos feels really <laughs> great about what he's doing and the direction he's going in. Yeah, it helps he's, with my imposter syndrome. I mean, well, 
this unearned confidence, the confidence of a grifter. Like, I wish Mm -hmm. I had a little bit more of it. I don't know, though, because it's like they have confidence, but they don't because I'm like, he could be like, if you use the same tactics to grift that you do to like build an actual business or anything else, it could be whatever. But instead, you use it to grift. So do you have, you know, that's my Yeah, that's true. The one thing that I do hope for, and I do really hope for this, is that he has so much intestinal distress (laughs) that Mm. he hasn't, like, that he's just Mm -hmm. in permanent state of diarrhea. Like, Mm -hmm. he... Okay, but also relatable. (laughs) Well, he has it for... Reasons of evil. Not because okay. he listens to NPR for five Not hours because every no, day. No, no, no. It's just yeah, yeah, yeah. he's like. <laughs> what he's done. Yeah. He can't calm down the forces in his body. Like no. he just wakes up with vertigo because he's mm-hmm. like, oh God, I have to tell so many lies today. What are yeah, they all Yeah, how do again? you keep up? I got to keep a list. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners. I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you are searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone on any occasion. Now it's easier to find gifts made by independent sellers for all of the people in your life, like the pickleballers, I know plenty of those, the jazz fan, the artist, the pasta lover, whatever niche interest they have, you can find an incredible gift on Etsy. From 90s nostalgia and mixology to reality TV and gaming, there is something for everyone. There is so much pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas specifically for my dad, but my dad loves flying, he loves airplanes, he loves aviation, and he never gets sick of a cute little gift that has a reference to that. And the inventory for that on Etsy is incredible. I hope my dad lives for 200 years because I can get him a birthday present related to aviation or planes from Etsy for every single one of them, if not hundreds and hundreds of years more. There really is that much. A gifting moment is always around the corner, but whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you, Gift Mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. So on your podcast, you also ask your guests about a moment they made a choice that changed the trajectory of their lives. Mm -hmm. If you could ask any political or public figure that question, who would it be? And I want to, I want you to potentially give us two answers here. I'd love to hear one person who you're curious about in an admiring way, and maybe another one who you're like, you just are like, oh my God, why are you like this? I need to know. (laughs) Why are you like this, Mitch McConnell? What are you Mm -hmm. after? And that's a tricky question to ask today after his very obvious yeah. breakdown, sure, sure, but like, yeah. how do you live with yourself is the question. Like, how do mm-hmm. you literally, you know how like, I was pictured Marilyn Manson waking up in the morning and being like, just like a normal weird looking person. <laughs> and then just being like, I put in my eerie contact lenses and like <laughs> that process of transforming and yeah. But how do you, so when I feel badly about something, when I feel like I'm making decisions in an unethical way, or like there's a choice between like a very ethical choice and a choice of convenience, I never can, I sometimes think that I'm a person who can make the choice of convenience. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, this would be such an easy path. Like this would just be so much like, (laughs) this would be easier in a million different ways. But then you have to look at yourself, have to live with yourself. You have to go like, oh, I'm, I still want to live mm-hmm. in a community of people. I still have to face people. I still have mm-hmm. to like, oh, it's, 
agonizing in that way. Well, what if you like were looking in the mirror and you knew that you were making choices that would break the country apart or like remove people's access to medical care? Like literally how? So I Mm. guess Mitch McConnell springs to mind because he perpetually Mm. would spring to mind Mm -hmm. because he did so much damage so yeah. so much damage to this country, and then who do I who would I admire? Hmm, that's an interesting question. Who do I? You got who do I admire? <laughs> well, <laughs> we you just had show. Gretchen, even, yeah, yeah. yeah. The yeah, Mitch yeah. McConnell. We we talk a lot about how like people will say things like, "How does Mitch McConnell sleep at night?" And I'm like, "Very well, probably." I because he's or, not. He's not. Maybe he's not spinning about it. Like for people like us, it's like hard for us to imagine. And sometimes I wonder, like maybe he's just not thinking about it. Well, it's not a good quality of no, life because like, no. but it's also like, yeah, he got three dollars richer per minute or something. You know what I mean? Some stupid number like that. Yeah, um, or like and- winning is just so important. Like, like mm-hmm. winning is the victory, and it's only just like winning the argument versus what the repercussions are in people's lives, which is a, yeah. uh, like un- is really unthinkable. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Gee, I guess. Well, since we're talking about Gretchen Whitmer, I do like her. She said so much great stuff about abortion. Mm-hmm. She made such. I love her stamp. I love her position on that. And she made me think about things even like as I learn mm-hmm. and still exist in that space and try to, you know, and think about reproductive rights and reproductive justice all the time. It's a big point of focus in my personal life, like outside of whatever I've done through the years. Mm-hmm. And it was a great conversation around that. She really kind of like reframed things for me. I was like, right, we should, we, people do not. Anyway. Yeah. And our, our, our news story that we're going to talk about relates completely mm-hmm. to that. But I think we have one, one more, one more question. Okay. Yeah. No, my question is, uh, tell us about your show, Favorite Woman. Oh. Uh, your favorite woman. I'm sorry. I enjoy <laughs> and, uh, it. I said, you, you are my favorite woman. How long have you been working on it? And what are some themes and things that you cover in the Well, in it's the mainly show? really about our bodies and the way that we are just so kept separate from knowledge of our bodies. And so for me, that's the thread that I want to keep, that I want to continue in life. Like I always want to dig into those issues. And so coming into menopause was so big. So the show is very much about our bodies, how no one gives a fuck about our bodies, how our bodies are not studied. No one has really cared. They never studied actual menstrual blood when they created that is out of control menstrual products <laughs> like it's I, all goes line. into like you know and it all comes back really to like our yeah. shitty sex education and our shitty views of uh, about our bodies that are put on us like we don't na- we're not born with shame about our bodies it's put it's put into us and i think it's disgusting and i think like especially i'm turning 54 in october And especially coming into menopause with like zero knowledge of what that would entail. And it's just like a big Mm -hmm. secret. Like it's like all a secret. Mm. Like why in the world is anything involving menstruation and women's bodies a secret? We're 
50% of yeah. the population and 100% of the reason why humanity exists. Yeah. So it's really just, I didn't make it sound comedic at all. It's actually very funny. No, I have super my tickets. Cathartic. I can't wait. <laughs> it's like super cathartic because I'm yeah. just like, fuck this. Yeah. Let me tell you all these graphic reasons why you should um, love yourself. And there <laughs> are dates really- all around the country and yeah, throughout all over September, October, It's such November. a pleasure to like perform. And I sometimes feel like there are people in the audience who've never like had a frank conversation about their yeah. body. Like, mm. and it's- it's exciting. It's fun to, it's just fun to say stuff mm-hmm. live mm-hmm. and in person. Yeah. I I'm excited to go, especially it. hearing that it'll be more co-ed than I was expecting. <laughs> it will. Yeah. It will. It really will. And sometimes I look into those men's faces and I go, <laughs> I don't know, man. It's nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I man. It's nice to see you. Yeah. <laughs> So we are going to move on to one of our new segments. This one is called Women's Rights and Women's Wrongs. Here we either talk about women's rights or we talk about something right a woman did or something wrong a woman did. Today, we're going to be talking about uh, women's rights. So I'm sure you heard all about this special election in Ohio where Republicans tried to change the threshold for passing a ballot initiative around a constitutional amendment from 50 to 60%. Mm -hmm. Super sneaky, super shady. Voters stopped them, totally turned out during like an off year in Ohio. Mm -hmm. You would think that they kind of like got the message. They have not. They are still trying to trick voters into um, keeping an abortion ban. So instead of accept that a pro-choice reproductive rights amendment will be popular with voters in November, Republicans in the state, they're trying to change the language to include references to unborn children. They love to do this. Mm -hmm. So the amendments like language simply affirms the right to reproductive freedom with protections for health and safety. So the amendment would allow for restrictions um, to abortion care after viability, kind of like your pre-row standard. So the board, the like board that's made up of Republicans in Ohio, they kind of took advantage of that. And they added language that says um, that the amendment will prohibit an abortion after an unborn child is determined by a pregnant woman's treating physician to be viable. So thereby giving the fetus child status throughout the duration of pregnancy. So a lawsuit from Ohio's for United United for Reproductive Rights, they're arguing that the board added this language specifically to confuse voters about the purpose of the constitutional amendment. So as you you referenced that conversation with Gretchen Whitmer, and a big feature of that conversation was that abortion rights are politically popular. Do you think this is a sign that Republicans are like realizing that and are really just pulling out every stop they can find to try to like withhold abortion access? I mean, I do think that they do realize that. They can see that very clearly. Yeah. They can see that very clearly, which is why in so many ways they've kind of like they've embraced all of these anti-trans bills mm. because they're just mm. looking for anything that can be popular that can like in some way it, like entice moderates over to their side of mm-hmm. their way of thinking. Like they have to realize that it's politically unpopular to bar women from having a, a super winning issue. It's a super, super duper uh, winning issue for sure. I don't know. I got lost in the story. Yeah, I know. I'm like, it's mesmerizing. I mean, Ohioans united for reproductive rights. I'm like, they're going to win this lawsuit because I'm confused. (laughs) Like they're, this language is confusing. I mean, by design. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. One of the other things that I'm, that's, that I'm actually doing that working on right now that's coming out later in the fall is an abortion. It's, it's a podcast. It's like a, a limited podcast strictly about abortion. Mm. Zero comedy. <laughs> like it's like not 
it's a different flavor of working. It's a really serious narrative podcast and it's all about abortion and reproductive justice and like the state of Tennessee and oh. anti-trans bills. And it's, and it's really, it's, it's, uh, it's gripping. It's mm-hmm. gripping what people are experiencing. Did you kind of focus on this pretty purely before Roe or was it kind of after Roe fell that you kind of really took this path to focusing and dedicating a lot of your talents and time to reproductive no, rights? No, no. I think it's always been a uh, an issue of interest. There just wasn't yeah. really an appetite. Like we could pitch stories all we wanted, but if there's no appetite for it, we couldn't mm. do it. Do you think there is now? Do you think conversations in more media so. about abortion are more open? Yeah. More so, but still there's... Yeah. You know, definitely more so for sure. Yeah. But there is still a hesitance in in some very liberal circles to even say the word abortion when we should be saying abortion all the time and should not be couching other, you know, should not be couching like DNC is anything other than an abortion because people Mm. who, people don't even know they're having abortions. And then Hmm. they're trying to restrict other people from having abortions. It's like life-saving healthcare. It's just healthcare. Mm-hmm. And we have to treat it as such. Yeah. And then when lawmakers say, oh, there's exceptions for medical emergencies, there's exceptions for rape, they're so vague that they're, they're functionally so inaccessible and just yeah. show why we, it's just not politicians' business to be for dealing sure. with this. Like when Roe was overturned, it's not like people who didn't have access before, it's not like their situation changed. It's a, we have a huge access problem, like mm-hmm. an enormous problem of access across the country, regardless of what happened to Roe. So mm-hmm. it's... um. You know, it's all bad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and scene. Hey there, overwhelmed foodies. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same, with the same fish picture? Fear not, because amidst the chaos, there's one shining star worth your culinary affection. Home Chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea. They're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes, conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes, Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Home Chef has over 30 options a week, and they serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it is economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. So for a limited time, Home Chef is offering our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash feverdream. That's homechef.com slash feverdream for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash feverdream. You must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We are going to uh, finish with a game. We, me and Millie, oh, this good. is me and Millie's, one of Millie and I's favorite games to play. And is it is, is this person older or younger than Ron DeSantis? Samantha, oh, do God. you know how old Ron DeSantis is? He's younger than me. He is yeah. younger he's than lot, me. He's a, a lot, lot he's younger. younger than you. I mean, God, you're not old, but <laughs> no, he's I, like yeah. 40. I didn't know he? he was a lot younger until I looked up your age. He is he's, 44 years old. Oh, yeah. Well, Millie, what is your, what's your height? I'm going to, I'm really coming for you, Millie, but Millie, what's your top age on Tinder? I would say, <laughs> yeah, like 43, 44, probably, wow. you know, 10 years. I mean, yeah. you know, you can't go too old. 
can't go too old because they, you know, then it starts getting controlly or whatever. But <laughs> <laughs> for me, at least, right? They're like, let me show you how to do this. I yeah, think it's like I back know. in my day, I'm like, I don't care. Right. You can buy me stuff, but <laughs> but the point is, Rod Sanders is atrociously young for the views that he holds. Wow. There are 44 year old men down the block from where Millie and I are in Brooklyn who. Do oh, not, our children. Not, yeah, yeah, they are, they they oh, will wow. never grow up and they still skate. No. So certainly skateboard. there's a happy medium in terms of progressive values, but we're good, we're just going to go through some people. And sure. I would love for you to tell us if you think this person is older or younger than Ron DeSantis, knowing oh, that Ron DeSantis. DeSantis is 44. 44. I would have okay. said 46, but he's okay. 44. God damn it. Okay. okay. And, and I would say bonus points if you can guess how much the gap is. <laughs> this okay. is a good challenge. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. The first one is uh, Justin Trudeau. Your, Justin your Trudeau. former homes uh, leader, single right. now. So single Millie, if now. you go to Canada, maybe you want to up that. Up oh, that. listen, wow. I will. I'm thinking about dating Bill de Blasio, honestly. So. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I could do the funniest thing ever. He's um, in therapy. He's in God. therapy. He's done with the swirl. I'm sorry. Continue. Wow. <laughs> Justin Trudeau. Just literally, like, if I could imagine someone who definitely wants to show you how to use a screwdriver, it's Bill <laughs> de Blasio. Bill he's Even like, let he's me show never you. screwed anything. Well, yeah. Listen, well, I have, I've now had two things. kids. Yeah. Okay. Justin Trudeau, I think, is, I think maybe he's the same age. Really similar. You would think that. Oh. Um, Justin Trudeau is seven years older than Ron DeSantis. <laughs> Justin Trudeau's 51. Justin Trudeau's 51 he's years 51? old. 51? He looks yeah. great. He, he looks, looks great. great. He does. He looks he's great. really doing it. He mm-hmm. is really doing it. He mm-hmm. puts it's really grease on his face. No, he has a skin. Yeah, he has a skin. He uses sunscreen. He has he skin. Definitely uses sunscreen. I mean, he has a cosmetic dermatologist. Let's be well, real. He's looking really good. <laughs> well, talk about a uh, secret healthcare yeah. secrets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the wow. next one is Courtney Kardashian. Is Courtney Kardashian older or younger than Ron DeSantis? I think younger. I think younger. I don't yeah. actually know. I'm sorry. She's pregnant. So bad. I don't know she which is. one. Is she's the pregnant one that's married to, to Travis Barker. <laughs> oh, she's the one who's married to Travis Barker. Yes, okay, yes. okay. She's okay, the okay, one okay. who Kim okay. stole her wedding country. Or no, okay. Kim. Oh, no. Courtney and her wedding singer and her wedding country. But you know what? She's the same age. This was a trick one. Same age. Okay. Courtney Kardashian okay. and Ron DeSantis would have sat next to each other. You know what? I got her mixed up with Chloe. Oh, my Chloe's younger. Chloe's younger. Okay. All right. Yeah. What about Zoe Zaldana? Is she older or younger than Ron DeSantis? Mm. She looks great. She looks great. I think older. Okay. Can you guess the gap? Two years. She is one year older. She is okay. 45 years old. 45. <laughs> okay. Okay. Oh, that was not, that was close. That was I'm definitely not very close. good that at was this. Definitely that, close. Was close. that was close. Okay. Millie, you want to do the next one? Yes. Uh, Shakira. Is Shakira older or younger than Ron Ooh. DeSantis? Shakira start. I feel like Shakira started when she was like thirteen. Like she's yeah. just been at it. Yeah, and so her old, I, her older music is really good. And but I also feel like maybe very wrongly that she might be the same age. She is older. What? She's forty five years old. Not much older, but she not is much older. older. But she's older. Okay, she's older. Rhonda Sanders, how many people? <laughs> exactly. This game is very repetitive, but it's still fun because has, it's like every time. Well, what? he has like the political opinions of like Rumpelstiltskin. Like yeah. he is should be as old as time. Yeah. Uh, what about 
Uh, speaking Ooh. of terrible political opinions, mm-hmm. Russell Brand, who's older, Russell Brand or Ron DeSantis? I think Russell Brand is older. Can you guess the gap? I think Russell Brand is my age. I think 10 years. Okay. Russell Brand is 48 years old. What? Yeah, he's older, <laughs> but he's 48. Oh. His opinions are making him decrepit. Okay. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. I'll do these wow. next two. The next one is Tiffany Haddish. Is she younger or older? Younger. I think younger. I Can think you guess the gap? She's one year younger. Sorry. Okay. She's only okay. one year younger. Okay. I wouldn't have even. I wouldn't have even thought that she's in the same age range. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I would have thought like thirty-eight. Mm-hmm. Girlies are okay. looking good. She looks good. And this last one. Kate Moss. Is Kate Moss older or younger? She's older. I think she's definitely older. Can you guess the gap? I want to say like, I mean, Kate Moss is older than me, right? Actually, I don't know that. But like, she's got to be in her. Oh, this is so she, I don't, obviously I don't have any (laughs) connection to her whatsoever. I feel like she's 10 years older than me. Is she like in her 60s? This is a bad one. She's very old. No, she's only 49, Kate Moss. Let's <laughs> hope <laughs> Kate Moss has not listened to our podcast. Kate what? Moss is going to be. She is not. She's been around for such a long she's time. Been yeah. for so- Do you mean when I was like looking at pictures of her, she was younger than me? She must have been younger than you. I she think she started when she was probably like 11 or 12. Or is she wow. like 49 or is she like. 49. She might be right, she might right. be 49, uh, you know. I can't believe I said she was 62. <laughs> she might oh be 49. Well, if we were friends before, yeah. we're not friends now. No danger there, but okay. Uh, yeah, no. I I think that uh I think somebody might have uh tweaked this, might have tweaked this Wikipedia recently. I don't think I don't think you're you're wrong. But yeah, Ron DeSantis, a very old. Um do you think he's the scariest person running for the nomination? I mean, there's really a, a lot of people to compete with. There's a lot of people to compete with. I do think he's per, in particular just like a very awful, like a tiny person, just like a yeah. spiritually tiny, shriveled, just like a little angry, tiny person inside. Um, and but I do think he's like smart in the sense that he knows how to use the levers of power. Mm-hmm even though he makes some missteps. And I do love watching him try to smile. That rictus. When his teeth is grinding. His mouth is just an anus, like trying so hard to look natural. Right. Right. But I do think he's dangerous. He has odious ideas. And he wor- he does uh, worry me in that mm-hmm. he, he, he sort of knows how to do things and I don't. I don't love that. Right. Yeah, exactly. He's an effective, uh, very yeah. small, tiny, angry man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. You can listen to Choice Words wherever you get your podcast and buy tickets for your favorite woman now. This was such a thrill. Thank you Thank so you. much. This was Thank such a total so pleasure. It was just so nice to talk to you. So inspiring. Thank you. So. And for our listeners, as a quick housekeeping note, we're going to be off on Labor Day uh, on Monday, but we're going to be back with the makeup episode on Tuesday. So you're still going to get two episodes from us in this feed next week and then a third with South Black Woman on Friday. Until the end of Democracy, for Millie Tamarez, I'm Amanda Duberman, and this is the Betches Up Podcast. Bye. The Betches Up Podcast is produced by Amanda Duerman, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Rebecca Sousmacat. Social media by Amanda Duberman and Bridget Swartz. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails at suppod at betches.com. Betches.